Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. See my baby. Oh, mama. Standing around. You know I'm so baby. Oh, mama. Shake them all down. Oh, I'm a style. Lord, I'm a shake them, shake them down. Welcome. To the week six edition of Hit That Line, I'm your host, Zach Barry. We've got the full crew here this evening, Austin, Ben, Nick, here with us, picking games against the spread. The fellas are cruising right now, overall sitting at 36 and 24. Couple bad beats last week. Nick and Austin were brought down to earth a little bit. We're still, uh, as a whole, are doing quite well right now. Uh, We'll get into uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and the Week 6 slate in the SEC and give you our locks for the week. But before we do that, of course, I do want to remind you of the sponsor that brings this show to you each and every week, and that is Home Field Apparel. Uh, I have I have really exercised restraint as the Campbell Camels line has dropped. It is, oh boy, it is very nice. Um, my goodness, you can get that all at homefieldapparel.com. But if you're not a big Campbell Camel fan or you, you're not just a fan of just obscure Cool old vintage logos. You can obviously get your fill with the Ole Miss line that dropped earlier this year. And when you do, use promo code TOC23 to get 15% off your first order. I was rocking the Flood shirt today. Heading to Oxford this weekend. I packed my Tad Pad shirt. Going to rock that around town. They've got the bomber jacket. They've got quarter zips. they got all kinds of stuff. The line is outstanding. When you place your order, be sure to use that promo code TOC23 and get 15% off. You will not regret it. It is incredible fabric. The shirts are just super comfortable. I personally prefer, if you're going to get a T, I like to size up one. And uh, it's just... Just comfy, man, and it's good stuff. Um, I look forward to uh, what they're going to do in the future with Ole Miss as uh, once they unveil a collection, they typically add some things. Um, going to work with uh, the folks over at Home Field, hopefully in the future, to bring more good-looking stuff. So um, that is homefieldapparel.com for all of your Ole Miss needs when it comes to vintage merch. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we doing going into week six? Awesome. After Saturday. Yeah, man. To say the All least. time night in the vault, frankly. Man, the uh, the wonders of modern technology almost made me fire up the GoPuff to get some, uh, some heaters. Because uh, <laughs> stressful is the word that uh, describes that game for me. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I wrote about it earlier today. Arguably the best win in the Lane Kiffin era. Is there any question there? I, think, I mean, I don't really know what the argument is. There, I think there's an argument for Tennessee. Sure. Neyland, right? There's an argument. Road, road I would, environment. I would say A&M at home in 21. Yeah. yeah. To me, the, yeah. the Tennessee wouldn't fall short because of what that Tennessee team ended. Like, it, it yeah, felt sure. really big yeah, because yeah. of, like, it was Kiffin going back to Knoxville and the game itself was really big. But, like, nationally – I mean, it was like what were they seven and five that year? No. So let's right. let's let's get something out of the way too. And Zach, this isn't picking on your question because it's something that everybody's been concerned with is Kiffin getting the big win. And you take the COVID year out of it or whatever, even though I think that was a decent year for Ole Miss. When you are the ten and two team, you are other teams' big win if they beat you. Mm-hmm. Like That's right. Right. we can say that LSU in 21 wasn't a big win, but it's as if it's just funny how that works. You can't have this both ways. Either you're the seven and five team who upsets a couple of teams, or you are the only big win you can get when you're 10 and two, there's one big win on the schedule and that's Alabama. Mm -hmm. I mean, or Georgia. So, you know, that, and, or one big win you can get, I guess I should say. So anyway, I mean, either way it's, I think it's probably that's probably his biggest win. I mean, with all that said, well, I don't know that. Go ahead. I'll I'll take it one further, Ben. I think a lot of people like to do the stat. Um, what was the stat that was out a couple of weeks ago with Kiffin, where he was like one in something against teams that won nine games or more. Um, and then he had a a really bad record against teams that ended up ranked at the end of the year. I feel like that can be skewed a little bit because last year. The win over Kentucky at that moment was a huge win. Kentucky mm-hmm. was at, what were they top ten, top fifteen? Um, that was a big win. Will Levis had a ton of NFL buzz. Um, they may have been number seven. I feel like they were top ten. Were they not? Um, I can effort it. I'm real looking quick. it up while you're talking. Um, yeah, I think that that's kind of silly of a stat to look at. Yeah, they were seven and Ole Miss was fourteen. You're right, Ben. Um, because you, you can't control what happens after you beat said team when they're ranked. Right. Because um, injuries happen. And you happen. can't control how hard they're going to play after they take that loss. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- that's another thing that I, I can't stand. It's like, well, let's look at them at the end of the year. Well, Arkansas, we may get a different Arkansas than LSU got. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I, I you, definitely you because I think. Alabama after a loss or two. You're going to get a different one than the Alabama that's undefeated. I mean, that's just reality. Well, I mean, you know, just week by week, I mean, LSU got a different Ole Miss team than Alabama got. They got a different Ole Miss team than Tulane got or Georgia Tech because now Ole Miss is pretty much full strength on offense with all the the portal guys that were banged up and didn't play. I mean, Trey Harris looks like a different different player. Caden Priestcorn's 100%. You have to think Zachary Franklin's pretty damn close to 100% and will be ready on Saturday. I mean, that's what, to me, was the difference on on Saturday was just that offense clicking on all cylinders. The offensive line played great. Whatever John Garrison did in the interim from the Alabama game to LSU, was it worked. There's no – I'm not an offensive line guy. There's no sense in – trying to break it down. I, I talked with Ben Steele earlier this week. You can listen to that podcast wherever you get them. 
on the Talk of Champions Network. He he did his best to break it down. But yeah, Judkins was great in the run game. Ulysses Bentley was outstanding. The offensive line was was phenomenal. And then you had Priest Corn and Trey Harris having, you know, their best game in an almost uniform. And then, oh, by the way, Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins are still fantastic. So yeah, week by it's week, be, it, it's it's you know, hard to compare. Oh, well, you beat them in week two, and now in week seven, they're terrible. Like you can only you can only beat the team that's in front of you and in, in, on that given day. Yeah, you don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. You don't know what injuries they're going to have that day. That's why you play twelve games, and it's un, it's why I think they're going to go to the bigger. Partly why they're going to go to the bigger playoff. I mean, obviously that's for money, but. It allows for a little bit more room for error in the Power Five, particularly what we could probably call the Power Two conferences. Is you've got a lot of really good teams, the Big Ten and the SEC, typically, and so and those teams are just going to beat each other. That that's what happens. I mean, like we talked last week, Ole Miss. It's not unique that Ole Miss went to Alabama and lost. Everybody loses at Alabama, just about, and so. You have to play a great game, but then Ole Miss comes back and plays almost as flawless as you can. Did Ole Miss punt maybe once against uh, LSU and then turned it over on downs once? But pretty much a perfect game offensively the next week and beats LSU, who is that the best offense that's ever played? Well, maybe other than the Burrow year that's ever played against Ole Miss in Baltimore. Anyway? I mean – they are stacked on that, that, Tex- that Texas Tech offense in 03 was pretty damn good. I mean, they were nasty. That's a different era, though. And, like, you know, defenses weren't really accustomed to seeing anything like that. They kind of took everybody by storm, um, particularly their non conference opponents. But, yeah, I think it's number two, Ben. I, I'm not really sure there's a there's an argument for like the, the drop off between two and three is pretty steep. Like, who would even have a case? For maybe Auburn mm. because of Cam Newton, maybe 07 yeah. Florida with Tebow and Percy Harvin. I, those I mean, those Johnny Manziel AM teams were good. Yeah, the Manziel AM, that's true. Yeah, they're pretty, yeah. pretty good. But I mean, Ole and Miss, then who was year in Alabama, but we were so bad, I don't even think about those years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ben, when you're answer, not competitive, it's hard to really question. judge, you know. Mm. Uh, almost punted twice and had turned over on downs once, and you know. I don't know. I, it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that any. We talked about this last week too, or over the past week. I'm not so sure that we've seen a quarterback perform the at least as a passer the way Jaden Daniels did um, last Saturday. Mm. I mean, the guy no. is no. so accurate on the deep ball; it is this ridiculous. Is, all right, this is going to sound like yeah, it's maybe absurd, and y'all 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 keep me in check here. Burrow was throwing to wide open dudes against us because we were terrible in the secondary and on the back end. I mean, he was throwing to guys who were 15 yards open. Mm-hmm. Daniels was dropping the ball into NFL windows. Our corners were covering those guys on those touchdowns. Now there were some times on drag routes and mesh routes where we were not in position and we, you know, we tackled poorly. But on the touchdown throws, he was throwing into buckets. And oh, I don't elite know if we could have throws. Yeah, elite yeah. throws, NFL throws. Yeah, yeah. It, nothing you could do, particularly the one in the northwest corner. Yeah. Just an, I mean, he put it on the dude's hip on his outside shoulder. It was an incredible throw. Incredible throw. 
<clears throat> yeah, I did not think good he win. had that in him. You know. I didn't think he had that in him. If he does that the rest of the year, LSU's going to be okay. I mean, I know they're out of you know title contention at this point, but um, they're going to be able to score against anybody. I just don't know if they're going to get enough stops for him, you know, down the stretch. But he should be a Heisman finalist if he plays like that the rest of the year. I mean, that was I can't imagine there being a handful of guys better than him. I mean, this is good. They just they just won't win enough. Yeah, that's the. I mean, if if Heisman history Manziel holds true, that'll be what holds him back. I think Manziel won it at nine and three. I think. Yeah, he did. They're gonna. He's gonna need a Heisman moment though. Like, I mean, to be Caleb Williams, who yeah. is gonna do similar stuff because the USC Panics. defense is awful, yep. and they're probably gonna go eleven and one. God, and I should have seen that feature on Penix. Say it again. I should have. I should have grabbed that feature on Penix and the Heisman. Maybe I just, I, Williams gonna be hard to beat. I think. Yeah, maybe Daniels will beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That'll be a Heisman moment. Penix will have his shot to beat Caleb Williams head to head, and SC's got—I mean, they've got a tough schedule. There's another guy in the Pac-12 that's lurking out there too. By the way, guys, I mean, Uh-oh. Bo Nix is going to have Bodacious? an Bo Look, if they run the table, and they might, he's going to have an argument. Yeah, you've got SC's got Arizona this week. They'll handle them. At Notre Dame, home against Utah, at Cal, whatever. Then you've got Washington at home, at Oregon, UCLA at home. God, so many good teams left in their schedule. Mm-hmm. So right now they've got a crazy schedule. Three, uh, three top ten teams left, <laughs> and that defense ain't it. I mean, they no, literally. But the defense is so bad. In the same way with LSU. The defense is so bad, it's going to like give him all the opportunities in the yeah. world to pad those say. stats because they just give the ball back so quickly. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln yeah. Riley's going to keep slinging it no matter what. Well, I was going to say they're going to need him to keep slinging it. It's not even going to be yeah. about padding stats. It's they're going to need to keep scoring. Otherwise, they're going to lose. I just don't really get with the collection that LSU has. I mean, there's, there's talent, especially up front. I, I don't have any clue how they're that bad defensively. I mean, just – it's got to be Pitiful. a scheme thing. And I, it, it, we talked about it last week. They don't have dudes in the secondary like they normally do to clamp people down. No. I mean, we don't say that since but... preseason. We've said that since preseason. Like, I think right. it's a combination. It's all the above. They, I think they had some misvaluations on high school kids. I think they had some misvaluations on portal guys. They've had some injuries back there. I think they're not very well coached. Their scheme is not great. And they don't really get – a great pass rush like Perkins last year was an animal off the edge this year he's kind of been pedestrian and it doesn't help that they started him off in the wrong position against Florida State at inside backer they finally kicked him outside but you know look he didn't really have an impactful game against us Mm -hmm. no I mean he had I mean he had some he had plenty of tackles but yeah I mean he wasn't disruptive and no you know, in Dart's lap. I mean, Dart was not sacked in the LSU game. I don't think we're talking about that enough. Yeah. His jersey was only dirty from running. There was a time in the third or fourth quarter where I thought Judkins was going to – I guess it was the third quarter. I thought he was going to break it, and he he basically closed in speed, you know, from behind. I think he's Mm -hmm. faster than Judkins, frankly. Yeah, I do too. I do too. He's a – 
two runs on that last drive that he almost broke, which hindsight, yeah. you're glad he didn't. Yeah, shoestrings on on a, a few tackles that night. Because it would have been much more time for Jaden Daniels. Um, yeah. But, okay, turning the page to Arkansas here. They're coming off three straight losses. Um, bad one at home to BYU. And then they lose to LSU in a uh, bit of a bit of a shocker, I would think. On the road, they they took them to the to the brink, and then they obviously lost last week to A and M. They lose Luke Haas; he's out for the year, broken clavicle. I thought he was their best offensive player, with Rocket Sanders being shelved, and now he's back. But I don't think he's one hundred percent. He had I think thirty three yards rushing against A and M, which it's tough to run on AM for anyone right now but with him not being 100 percent and uh, uh, kj jefferson's kind of having to do everything on his own they don't have a Traylon burks they don't have a Trey knox um and the tight end who was their biggest weapon especially in the red zone is out i just i don't know if they're gonna quit because i think sam Pittman is a good enough coach to where they'll play for him he's a player's coach everybody likes him I don't think they'll quit. I don't think it matters, though, because I think Ole Miss is going to be good enough offensively and at home under the lights. I mean, this is like your perfect situation right here if you're Ole Miss to you get the big night win against LSU. Now you get another night home game, and then you get to the bye. Um, I'm, I'm inclined to lay the points here. I think Ole Miss handles business. Um. KJ might keep a minute early running around extending plays, but I think Pete Golding's going to be ready. They're going to have a plan. And to be honest, I think the Ole Miss offense is just going to kind of tell people, Hey, it's fine. We got it. What's the line? Uh, 11 and a half. 11 and a half yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and lock in the hogs here. Oh Whoa. God. Here yeah. Go. Um, sorry if anyone was wanting to take Ole Miss. It's um, it's not necessarily an anti-Ole Miss play so much as a don't be lulled into a false sense of security thinking that Arkansas, an Arkansas Ole Miss game is going to be normal. There's just there's not anything normal about this rivalry. Basically, in the last decade, this you know game rivalry, whatever, it just it doesn't happen. I don't think I think Ole Miss is two touchdowns better than them, but I don't don't think they're going to beat them by two touchdowns on Saturday. I think Arkansas will – I mean, I don't think this is a dead Arkansas team. Ben said earlier in the week, if you get up early on them, you know, this is a team that looks like it wants to quit. Maybe that's the case. I, I hope that's the case. Ole Miss gets up 14 nothing and cruises. But I saw what they did last year in Fayetteville, and I get it. It's not Fayetteville. It's not the same team, you know, really on either side of the ball for either team. But I just think that Arkansas Ole Miss is just too weird of a game for me to be laying, you know – over a touchdown and a field goal. So I want Arkansas the points. Rocket Sanders still not playing this week. Is that right? He's going to play. I, he's, he's not playing. 100%. He's not 100%. There's no doubt. But I definitely think Jordan Jefferson, I saw what he did two years ago. I mean, this is a really big game for him. Jordan Jefferson. Not KJ. Jordan Jefferson. KJ. KJ Jefferson. Yeah. KJ Jefferson, on, big game for him. I'm going to be honest with you, Nick. I was going to lock in Ole Miss. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad if I got you... to before you. I just I, I just think this is what's going to happen this week. Ultimately, I also think that two consecutive weeks in a row of really big games for Ole Miss, it's hard to get up three weeks in a row. 
and I, I do I do see the bye week next week, so you can point to that and say, hey, we just got to get one more game, then you guys can go home, see your families for a week, whatever. But it is it's still difficult to do. I mean, that's, you know, played a physical team in Alabama, it required every single bit of the offense last week against LSU to win. So I just kind of see a little bit of a letdown game. I think the defense is still kind of reeling a little bit from last week. Um, you talked about, you know, Daniel, Daniel's playing good and stuff, but, I mean, KJ's a pretty good quarterback, and I think he's, you know, kind of a different type of player than Daniel's, but uh, I think we're just going to have trouble bringing him down. I'm thinking something like 38-28. If you, if you want to join Nick in the cold plunge. That is gross, by the way. 38-28 would be a dub, and that's all that matters. Yeah, it that's would, true. It would be, but I'm going to be mad with 38-28. If you – if you want to get in the cold tub with Nick, I, I got a couple bags of ice I could throw in there. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss have had over 700 yards of offense three times in his tenure. The week after, Ole Miss has failed to cover. Ooh, double lock. So, maybe, maybe not. Trends are meant to be broken. Um, Austin, go ahead. I mean, I... I think Nick raises interesting points. Frankly, I'm completely staying away from the number here, so I, I got no interest in betting it. Um, I think I'd just be so satisfied with a one-point win that I don't really feel like – I'm not really eager to argue with much that Nick said just because I want to get the dub, stay healthy, and get into the bye week. Um, I do think – here's the thing. They they cannot do what LSU's offense did to us. They just can't. They're not no. They're not equipped to do that. They don't have the weapons out wide at receiver. Um, KJ is not the quarterback that Daniels is. And even if he were, Arkansas's offensive line is bad, sneaky bad. That That's mm-hmm. one thing that year after year after year, no matter who their coach was over the years, you could almost count on them having a pretty salty offensive line, both in the run and pass game. And this year they just don't, man. They're struggling to run the ball even with Rocket Sanders. Uh, their pass pro is terrible. Now, you can't really use the A&M game as a benchmark because A&M's front is nasty, and I think we're going to see that this weekend. We're going to see that play out against a really good offensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, I think A&M, though, is is among the best in the country there. So I'm not just judging them on their performance against uh, A&M. They, they really kind of got pushed around against BYU a little bit. Um, so I think they can be had at the line of scrimmage. I do not think they have the weapons to exploit us over the top. And Nick, if I'm if I'm you, and I'm 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 worried that Ole Miss goes up twenty to six and never looks back because I just don't think Arkansas is equipped to keep pace in an up tempo game in a shootout like they were, you know, a couple of years back and hell even last year. I just don't think this is that team. Um, so if I'm if I'm back in Arkansas, I just worry that Ole Miss runs away with it uh, early and, and kind of never looks back. Um, but again, look, I'll be, I'll, I'll take a one point win. So I, it's hard here for me to, to predict anything. I can see us being a little sluggish, just off the hills of a, of a, an incredible performance like last week. But I don't think their defense can keep us lower than like 37, 38. So Nick, you're needing Arkansas to get into the 30s here. I'm not sure that I see that. I think it's maybe like 38, 24 reps. Yeah, I I don't I'm just looking at the numbers. I get it. The history I don't I don't disagree with Nick in that it being crazy at least a few of the games, but 
this Arkansas team is bad. They're dead last in the conference in offense. They're dead last in the conference in sacks allowed. I mean, they barely run for 100 yards a game. They barely throw for over 200 yards a game. I get it. They play Texas A&M, but their other opponents are like, and I'm going based off memory, Kent State. I think they beat them, like, what, 28-6? They played something like Central Illinois or something week one, and that was a good win. But point being is, yes, they did play LSU, but we saw how bad that LSU defense was. And they, they have played A&M, who has a good defense. But they – I mean, this team lost at home to BYU, a bad BYU team. This isn't a good – this isn't Steve Young's BYU team. So, like, <laughs> I – I, I don't – I'm not seeing this at all. Like, I think Ole Miss rolls. Like, and, and couple that with the fact that Arkansas's three-game losing streak, this isn't like a wound – back against the wall. I mean, this is a wounded animal. They are – they are done. I, I yeah. think Ole Miss wins like – I mean, truly, I think this game's like 48 to 24, 21. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not even that close. Like – and I don't think that this is necessarily the talent differential doing that. I think this is more of um, our, just the nature of what the seasons have gone, how they've gone for both teams. You know, Rocket Sanders hasn't been 100%. Arkansas takes it off the chin against BYU, drops another heartbreaker to LSU, and now gets whipped by AM. That's just kind of where they are. Ole Miss is riding high off LSU, and it's a night game in Oxford. I mean, this is the perfect storm of Ole Miss absolutely stomping Arkansas. So I think um, – and it's a good matchup. So I, I think Ole Miss rolls. I would like Ole Miss in, but we'll we'll allow Nick to, to you know, go, go forward. I'd, I'd rather pick some other games anyway. Something else just about the number here that I thought was noteworthy. Do you all know where this opened in terms of the total? Like, well, I, don't know the, I don't know the total. 68 or something? 68 and a half. It yeah. got mm. blasted down to 61 and a half. I mean, y'all know how much money it takes to move a touchdown from open? That's nuts. I, I mean, I tend to agree. I think the under under 68 would have been a banger. but It would have been, yeah. But all the way down to 61 and a half, there are some strong opinions in the market on the total. And I, so Arkansas is 117th in sacks allowed. There are Two SEC programs worse. One of them would be a little obvious after week one, South Carolina. They're 127th in sacks allowed. The Mm. other team, you would never guess it. Georgia? Georgia? Alabama. Ah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Their their line is, on paper, as talented as hell, but they – just cannot get it together. I don't know what it is. Man. Starting a true freshman at left tackle is not always the best recipe if your name is not Laramie Tunsil. If only we could have added to that sack though. Which I think we got <laughs> we got the Melrose a couple times, but not nearly enough. Ah, man. Yeah. I the problem with like KJ, he's big and athletic. I get all that. And I like him as a player, frankly. Would have liked him playing for Ole Miss, even though I like Dart more. He's not as elusive as the previous two quarterbacks we played. We are used to seeing mobile quarterbacks. Milrow's more athletic, and uh, Jane Daniels is more athletic. Yeah. Um, 
Son Taron Perkins is going to be running KJ down. Like he that mm-hmm. there's not going to be a oh I'm going to go get nine yards here from KJ. That we've got an answer for that this year. No, he's like he's like a rich man's Chris Ralph. Like like he's not going to run away from you. Now he may he may plow you a couple times, but like he's not he's not going to run away from anybody. Plus the offensive line is just not great. Yeah, it's, it's not as bad. He's going to be running for his life from the jump. Like he's not going to have a clean pocket. I, I don't imagine him having one. Um, it's, it's weird to see a bad Arkansas offensive line. Yeah, as much as people have groveled about the Ole Miss defense and the bend but don't break, they've been good about getting after the quarterback. I think they're third in the SEC in sacks right now. They create a ton of pressure. They just don't finish a lot of the time. But like Ben said, they're going to probably spy KJ and they're going to have a plan there. But I also just like, it's one thing to be able to sit back and run around when you've got wide receivers that can get open like LSU did where they've got Mm -hmm. Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors. Yeah. NFL guys. Arkansas doesn't have that. They don't have anybody. Um, So yeah, if you're Ole Miss, it doesn't matter. Just get the win. It can be the ugliest win of all time. Just get the win, get to the bye week, get healthy, and get ready for the Super Bowl on the planes in a couple weeks. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. By the way, y'all know the offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator back in 
2016 or 2015, the fourth and 25 game. 15. Same, same OC, by the way. Yeah. So we owe him an ass whipping, but I don't know. We're going was, there. I don't know if Just he was responding to student emails back then. No. Y'all are being cautious with your your analysis. This this is a good matchup. Rebs roll, and I would I would agree with the look ahead spot, except for the fact that Alabama beat us, and I know we got the big winning against LSU, but the we we have no room for error now. I, I th- I'm thinking that the team sees that. We'll see. Yeah, it seemed that a lot of the quotes this week out of practice and players were, it seemed they were very pointed with things they were saying. And the coaching staff, I'd imagine, is really banging that drum this week of, hey, we got to keep pace with Bama and A&M. We gotta and they wrecked us last year. Arkansas beat us worse than anybody last year. Yeah, so, yeah that was a buzzsaw. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the SEC slate, 11 a.m. ESPN. Be tuning into this one in the Grove somewhere. Um, it, it'll either be the Grove or, or, or over at uh, Circle and Square Brewery. Uh, going to go check that place out while I'm in town. Yeah, that's cool. Number 23, LSU traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the 5-0 and Missouri Tigers. Um, I've... Literally laughed out loud. I audibly cackled when I saw that someone said that Brady Cook is having a better year than Jackson Dart right now, but whatever. Um, this is Missouri's first true test. I know they beat K-State on a 61-yard field goal, but I don't know if this is your granddad's K-State this year. They're a little down, but this is Missouri's first true test at home. I don't know about y'all, but we, we got to come up with a, with a term or like a, a, a label for this. I feel like those 11 a.m. kicks for home teams suck and can sometimes favor the away team where if this was a night game, I feel like I would be much more inclined to take Missouri or maybe even for an outright win. Um, I I kind of like LSU to bounce back here in a big way. I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but they're only given four. I kind of like LSU to handle business on the road. I, I, I we, we, we've given Jane Daniels his flowers plenty. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he lights them up. I, I, Brady Cook, all jokes aside, has been pretty good this year. Eleven touchdowns, no picks. I think he's done for fifteen hundred yards. Um, I, I think I could get out there and throw it to Luther Burden, and he'd make me look good. Um, but yeah, I like LSU here. So that line started at eight, if I recall, and also. Yeah, I, I understand it's a you know early kick in Columbia, but don't you know knock Mizzou. They had an early kick against K State, had a pretty good atmosphere, and then you know won that game late. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost like Mizzou's built for that early game. And you talk about sleepy. Yeah, of course it's going to be sleepy for the home team. You know their fans. You know take a little while to get going, but LSU's basically lost any hope for a national title. I mean, barring something super unforeseen with that loss last week. Yeah, they, you know, they've still got, you know, the the goal of beating Alabama later in the year. But I mean, this game for them means very little other than just like going out and beating the team in front of you. And I could see a team that's totally hung over from losing a tough game last week. The defense, I'm just not sure how much better it can get. I think Missouri's gonna play with them at, at four and a half, it's way too close for me to touch it. But at eight. 
think I ought to take Missouri pretty easily. So you're skeptical that the 84-year-old defensive line coach they brought in is going to improve them from week to week this week? Yeah, it may take two weeks for that guy to really get cooking. He's going to yeah. really connect with Harold Perkins on a, you know. You talk about a desperation move, man. That was crazy. Yeah, they brought him in, and then next year he can run for president. Um, but yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Y'all tell tell me why this is not just LSU, Ole Miss all over again. Like, yeah, be. yeah, kind of. I don't know if Missouri has enough playmakers to make it that, but maybe Luther Burden has 19 catches. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He man. could do Burden, that. Yeah, Burden might be the best receiver in the game, and that's you know that's saying something given that neighbors and, everywhere and, and Thomas are on the other side. Yeah, so LSU is fourth in total offense nationally. Jane Daniels is second in individual total offense. Brian Thomas is first in receiving touchdowns. Malik Neighbors is second in receiving yards, and LSU's defense is one seventeenth in total defense. I mean, I think that tells the story of their season, and will likely tell the story of this game. I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. I mean, whoever doesn't turn the ball over, and and I, I don't know. I just I can't imagine that either team stops the other really. So I think you're talking about a coin toss. In a coin toss situation, I'm always inclined to take the points. Um, because I really do think it's just a 50-50 predict. I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that LSU can change uh, from from our game to the end of the season. But I'm almost certain they can't turn it around in one week. I mean, maybe some young guys emerge late in the year, but but after seven days, seven days later, are they going to be completely different on the back end? I don't think so. And I think Mizzou has weapons that can exploit them. Um, I really wanted to hit the over here. I missed all the good numbers. It opened at 59 and a half and now it's sitting at 64 and a half. Mm. I think it probably still goes over that, but I, I, I really, I don't have a strong opinion about who wins because I think it will just come down to the team that plays the cleanest game here. And I know that's like a no shit that that's the truth in most games, but do y'all see a decided advantage anywhere on the field for, for either team? Mm. Quarterback. Yeah. yeah, Daniels is much better than Cook for sure. But I mean, I, I know it's like Cook's easy to to like you know dunk on. But like zero turnovers this year, zero interceptions. Yeah, played a really clean game against K State, whose defense is undoubtedly better than LSU's. So they don't ask him to do a ton. They just you know throw the ball to Burton and let him cook. I I, I worry a little bit about like Missouri from uh, when they beat Kansas State. It was like this is kind of an upset. Like Kansas yeah. State was. I mean, we picked them. They, they were going to roll that week. That was a, a team that they shouldn't have beat. They're playing the underdog. Yeah. Obviously, by Vegas standards, they're still the underdog. But the target's a little bit more on their back this week. They're five and zero. Teams have been talking a little bit about, hey, that Missouri Georgia game later in the year that could be a big game. And so yeah. I think like now it's Missouri's almost the hunted. And I worry about you know a team that hasn't been used to that, hadn't done that in a few years, coming out and just like getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah, you're you're yeah. I take your point there and I agree completely, but I will say all they may be the hunted, but they're still an underdog in this game at home against a team that just gave up 700 yards of offense. So, you know, I mean, they are the undefeated team and uh it is odd that they're they were dogged by six and a half at open, I think. There's been complete one-way traffic on that number too, by the way. Uh, the market seems to really like Mizzou here. Here's the other thing and this is difficult to quantify. Do y'all trust Brian Kelly to rally a locker room? Like, True. to put the train back on the track? I do not. Like, I think there's some guys 
who are already starting to talk portal or the NFL or, you know, draft talking to their agents. I, they're out of Daniels to throw for 400 yards. Yeah. Um, so I just don't of like all the coaches at the SEC. Brian Kelly is way down my list on guys that are going to motivate the locker room to finish strong when all of their expectations now are, have been dashed. I just I don't see him being able to put the pieces back together. Having said that, they are just more, look. They have more talent than Mizzou. We know that. Burden might be an equal. Uh, burden might be the equalizer. I, I don't know. Home field advantage at 11 a.m. as Zach said, and it's probably negligible at Mizzou. But I just. I don't know. I couldn't lay any points with LSU at this point, but I also don't have much confidence in Mizzou. So it's a stay away, but uh, I don't know. Hope, hope for a shootout. I, uh, my turn. Um, I'm going to lock in the LSU Tigers minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. Um, I, I'm just being contrarian tonight. No, here's the deal. Missouri, this is the same Missouri team that beat middle Tennessee by four points and beat yep. who Memphis by seven. You, this yep. is not LSU is going to do to Missouri like they did to Mississippi State. Missouri has got one great player, and y'all have talked about him a lot, and he is a spectacular player. But he will uh, be the best player on the field, not named Jane Daniels. But this will be here's the thing about LSU I can make the argument now, it's a bad one, but I could make the argument that if LSU were to win out, okay. And Ole Miss lost one game. LSU makes the SEC championship and beats Georgia. Okay. I'm just talking about hypotheticals here. They are what, 11 or 12 and two at that point with a loss to number one Florida State and a good Ole Miss team. That LSU team can make the playoffs. They've, they've won the national championship as a two loss team in the last 15 years before the playoff. And so you could still spend that in the locker room. I think that they are so much more superior. I mean, so much more talented than Missouri that this line's not going to matter. And plus, if it's shifted three and a half or four points since open, give me like uh, that's just that's just giving me more, you know, confidence here. I'm going to take LSU minus three and a half on the road. I know it's early morning. I think that favors the away team. I know that you know. I don't think Missouri has that much of a home build atmosphere anyway. Even with LSU coming to town. I think that this is a a solid win for LSU, and I, I mean it's going to be a statement win following you know what happened last week. I don't know that there's anything they're going to be able to do to quote fix the defense, and it's kind of crazy that they gave up over 700 yards, and they also have a player like Harold Perkins. I mean, and they also have a player like uh, Mason Smith. But at the end of the day, you know they're just too good on offense. I don't think Missouri is going to be able to keep up at all. I mean, Ole Miss played perfectly the other night and Ole Miss has a lot more talent than Missouri and that's what it took and it took you know came down to the absolute very end and so I just don't know that you can I mean I think Jane that is who he is he he had played that way against Arkansas he played that way against Mississippi State he played that way against Ole Miss he's going to play that way against Missouri I don't think they're going to be able to keep up I'm laying the points I, I, I respect all of y'all's opinions and y'all are probably right I just I don't think that LSU is gonna gonna play a game two or three weeks in a row now within four points. I'm just not seeing it happen. I think they win something like forty eight to thirty one, and and it's an easy cover. 
and right. over the number. 230 CBS. If you're in Oxford, you're in the Grove at the Circle or you're on the Square, you got to find a TV for this one because you need to be locked in and you need to be pulling for the Aggies. CBS, number 11, Alabama, at Texas A&M. I don't know how Texas A&M isn't ranked at this point. Am I insane? I'm not going to do any analysis here because I think y'all are going to cover it, and we've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. Am I insane to just expect an outright win for the Aggies here? I think most people are. but Yeah, I think they went outright for sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, the defensive line is uh, – we were talking about this earlier in the week. I don't know why people are shocked. Uh, the Aggies have signed 19 five stars in the last couple of years on the defensive line. So go figure. They're all figuring it out. They're not all going to bust. Um, the offense is still fine with Max Johnson. He's experienced. He's serviceable. He's still a little bit mobile. He can make all the throws. Um, and Le'Veon Moss has been really good in the backfield, but I think this just comes down to the trenches and the aforementioned offensive line of Alabama that has really struggled to protect Jalen Milrow. And I know they made mincemeat of Mississippi State last week, but this is going to be a different monster. It's in College Station. Kyle Field will be an absolute zoo. I, I don't know. I, I still don't think – I think this Alabama team is just – good i don't think they're elite by any stretch and i think a&m is going to get them here I, I like what jimbo has stayed away and he's let petrino have the sticks and he's let him control the offense i think this is a big big spot for a&m who is quietly 2-0 and in the sec so they win this one and if Ole miss can handle business in the coming weeks it'll set up for a just monumental November 4th game in Oxford. I 100% agree with you, Zach. I think that the Aggies win. I'm not going to lock it in because I don't know that I've ever locked in anybody as a favorite against Al or, you know, to win outright against Alabama. I'm not, not positive, maybe Ole Miss, but either way, uh, that's just because I'm a fan. I, I, uh, um, I like to say, I'm pretty Aggies. sure you did in 15. I like, yeah, I probably did. I like, uh, Max Johnson. I think he's a good, you know, accurate passer that you need to have to beat Alabama. Texas A&M, I think this is an important point that we just talked about. Alabama is almost dead last in the country in sacks allowed. And A&M up front is nasty. And so that's a bad match. That, you know, that matchup favors A&M. And, and you win and lose games in the trenches. So uh, give me Texas A&M. I think it's close, but I think they win. Completely agree. I, I think AM wins outright here. I think uh, Jimbo has shown over the years he's not intimidated by Saban. He's just not. Now it's easy to not be intimidated by Saban when you've got a roster as talented as his roster is. But, um, you know, I, I expect AM to be <laughs> like the, this home field. What's this worth, y'all? Four and a half in this environment? I mean, this is going to be crazy. Uh, and I think Max Johnson, while limited physically, you know, and he's not the most talented quarterback in the league, obviously. But if I'm an A&M fan, I do like the fact that he's at least a veteran. Like, he's been in these wars before. He's he's played in these games. In fact, 
hasn't he actually played against Bama before? I think he has at LSU, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he's seen the elephant, like he, he's not going to, it, the moment's not going to be too big for him. Again, he's got physical limitations. He's not going to suddenly turn into an elite quarterback, but A&M's wide receivers and their offensive coordinator make Johnson look better than he is. They've got elite talent at, at the skill positions and Petrino has been allowed to run his offense in the way that he prefers. Um, and so I, I just think for, for, the first time in a long time, I just think Bama is, is sort of outgunned at a lot of positions in this game. Um, maybe for the first time, and I don't know, since they faced Georgia, their defensive front is not going to be the best one in this game. and has got some horses in the front seven. Now, they can, A&M can be had on the back end, but mm-hmm. I don't think Bama's got the personnel to, to exploit that matchup. Milrow, you know, he throws a decent home run ball, but it's a lot of just like, chunk and duck you know he, he just throws the ball and and um and lets Bama's receivers go get it they are not elite this year they may be a little better than A&M secondary but I just don't like I don't think you're going to hit that at a high enough percentage uh for Bama to, to win the game uh and and speaking of lines crashing this opened Bama like what three and a half four we're all the way down to Bama one and a half at this point and now there are rumors that Milrow tweaked a hammy in practice this week. If Milrow is limited in the run game, mm-hmm. Bama may get run out of the building. If he can't run, he's he's useless at quarterback. Yeah. 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 So if, if if he's not fully healthy, then then I think I think they say him wins. But I'm gonna be hammering yeah. the old. Uh, I, I do yeah. want to say this in in terms of who do y'all think has a better offense, Ole Miss or Texas A&M? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And we saw what they did get granted in Tuscaloosa. And perhaps, you know, Alabama was, you know, playing the game of their lives defensively. I just think Alabama's defense is strong enough. Hold on a second, though. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. That Ole Miss offense, though, didn't have the full complement of the guys sure. we've got now. I mean, sure. E- even then, I'm not sure it's like it's sig- it's like significantly worse. Def- it's definitely not significantly worse than the Texas A&M offense because the quarterback's so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a you know, Dart is a lot better in my opinion than, than Max Johnson. I okay. think that this is another prematurely, you know, saying the Bama Dynasty's done. I, I just saw what Texas AM did down in, in Coral Gables and I mean pretty much got ran off the field there. You know, a different offense, obviously, from Miami that you're gonna see from Alabama. I just don't think Texas AM is gonna be able to put up enough points. And I don't not that the Alabama offense is great, but I just – Alabama defense is very good. I think that they're going to kind of show that again on Saturday. And, you know, Texas a is going to have to prove it to me. Their offense has not been – I mean, they put up some points on Louisiana Monroe. They kind of sat on it against Auburn and looked – I mean, they looked pretty bad against Auburn. Would, would y'all not agree? I mean, it was I think it's the low-scoring game. It was 27 to 10, but one – I mean, it was like at halftime it was like – what was it like 10-3 or 13-3 against an Auburn team that I don't think is has much talent at all. And then the, you know, they played okay last week against Arkansas. I just haven't seen other than the fact that the Texas A&M defensive front is very good. I've not seen anything yet that says like, oh, AM's ready to take the next step of beating like an obviously good team like like Alabama. I I mean, I, I don't I'm I'm a little taken aback. I don't know. Right. At, at me? 
No, well, not necessarily. I just the the I think the argument is not that the Bama dynasty is over. I think everybody recognizes they're a top five team. The problem that that Alabama has is their offense is objectively not good. We saw what LSU just did to Ole Miss. Alabama scored twenty four points at home at, and, and had the lucky. ball for like yeah. fifty minutes. And some I mean, of that felt like luck boxing into twenty four points. Do what? I said, and some of that felt like luck boxing. Oh, it did. 24 points on their side. It did. You know? I mean, they're they're objectively not good on – I mean, I, I say not good. They are a serviceable offense. But if Milrow has a tweak Tammy and they have to play another quarterback, I, I think it's a realistic chance that this game, either way, even if he's healthy, is like 13 to 10 final. Yeah, I, I, mm. that's fair. That's fair. Mm. I mean, I, I so I don't know that – I agree with Austin that there is the chance that Alabama gets run out of the building. That's if they're without Milrow. But if they have him, I could see a scenario where there are like 12 punts in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing is like I, that's what Nick Saban will absolutely want to do. You know, he will, they, he will be content to be in a rock fight here. The difference oh, yeah. in years past, though, is I don't know that Petrino is going to is going to oblige you know, Jimbo in years past would have. Jimbo would have gotten in the rock fight with Saban. I think Petrino is going to continue to try to push pace and open it up, uh, even yeah, with even yeah. with Max Johnson at quarterback. I just think he's going to try. Now, I, Nick, to your point here, you know, Johnson throws a couple picks or has a fumble, and suddenly Bama's up, you know, seventeen six, and it's a whole different thing. Then, then the then the boa constrictor, you know, approach is on for Saban, but. I just I think I think this A and M defense is a completely different animal than the Ole Miss front that Bama saw a couple of weeks back, and it may be the best front that Bama's going to face this year. In fact, so uh, man, boa constrictor is such a good analogy for that because, dude, seventeen six when you're playing against Alabama feels like a hundred points. Oh, it's over. The game's over at that point. I mean, Saban can do whatever he wants on defense, and they can they can run the ball enough and punt. Um, to just salt it away. Um, so I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I Again, y'all know I, I love to focus on line movement, and sometimes I think that really does tell the story here. One-way traffic on A&M. Now, sometimes the markets are wrong, but I, either somebody knows something about that Milrow injury or or I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what else accounts for that sudden move over the last 24, 48 hours other than – he might be a little gimpy. Keep in mind, this Alabama defense has allowed just 30 total points since it, it's lost to Texas. Yeah. So. But again, okay, look, Nick brought our offense up. If we played Bama this week, how many points does our offense put up? Yeah. More than 10? I was going to say probably at least 21, 24. 27 yeah. to 31. I think we get into the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It happens speaking, there. speaking of getting into the 20s, can the Kentucky Wildcats get into that territory against Georgia on the road? ESPN, six o'clock. Uh, Kentucky's undefeated. I don't buy it. I. Maybe I was a week early, a little premature on Georgia having the circle the wagons game where they put it all together and 
absolutely just sit on somebody and put them to sleep, this might be that game. Uh, if it was at K. Roger Field, I'd probably give a little more credence to Kentucky. The The number is 14 and a half. I don't even know if I'm saying lay the points here. I just don't see this one being close at all. I think Georgia just controls this game. And uh, I mean, yeah, just boa constrictor. And uh, it, it seems like if they just, if, if they get into trouble, they just hit the Brock Bowers button and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's their, I, that's their easy button. Yeah. Yeah. I, both things can oh, be true here. I think Georgia wins. It, yeah, it is. It might be right now. Um, it's a pretty big ass button though. It is. Um <laughs> Georgia can be good enough to win and win handedly, but I think Kentucky's still pretty good. Um, man, if Devin Leary was just a little bit better, I would say Kentucky could maybe cover. Is is he hurt? He's just not been good. Yeah, think, nine yeah, of twenty last week. I just want to mention this by the way for Florida last week against Kentucky. Graham Mertz was thirty, or excuse me, twenty five of thirty. 25 of 30, 244, two touchdowns and interception, and they lost 33-14. That just – that's crazy. I, I don't know if it's like a Kentucky scheme or if they just like, you know, ride the brakes off of one running back a year. But Ray Davis, two, six, 26 carries for 280 yards. It's like that every single week for this guy. I mean, he's just getting tons of carries. I don't think it's going to matter against Georgia, but I, I they're just – I mean – they are just hammering this guy, calling his number all the time. You know, not quite the Brock Bowers button, but they're pressing it a lot. What did you say the line was? 14 and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't think this is going to be like an enjoyable game. I will I will say this for Kentucky. Um, I mean, you know, now it's now or never. They get a three-week stretch of uh, at Georgia, home against Missouri, and home against Tennessee, like, this is their season in these next three three games. I guess they have a boss, you know, sprinkled in there. But this is the season. You know, you, you need if you want to have like a great year, you, you probably need to win two of those. I can't I can't call it here. I, I I guess I'll lay the points. I'm not I'm not gonna lock it in. I will say the game kicks off at six central. Do y'all think it's over with by nine? I mean, Mark yeah, Stoops yeah. just takes the yeah. air out of the ball, man. I I can remember playing Kentucky last year, Ole Miss, and thinking, dude, we're not going to get the ball back. Like, yeah, yeah. they'd get the ball 15 minutes to go in, you know, in, in a quarter. They'd start the quarter, and Ole Miss doesn't get the ball until like 645, and Kentucky barely makes it to the 50. Mm-hmm. It's like they just run the clock out. Um, it's, it's a byproduct of Leary being mediocre, but Tavian Robinson and Barry and Brown have just not gotten going at all this year. They haven't. No. No, they no. haven't. I, you know, I – like I said, I'd lay the points. I thought about locking it in, but what scares me is just time of possession and Kentucky shortening the game. And I think Georgia would be just fine winning this game like 21-10. You know, so. and, and for that reason, I'm locking in under 47. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a good play. This yeah. is this is going to be a it's going to be a big team game, exactly like Ben it said. Gonna, both coaches, are, I think, are going to be content to take the air out of the ball. Um, I do think Georgia's weird, man. People keep talking about them sleepwalking, and I think it may just be a fact that this is just not, there's not who they used to be. Like I'm not sure if they're sleepwalking anymore. If Kirby couldn't put it on Hugh Freeze last week, yeah, I don't know that he can put it on anybody. Um, 
I think Kentucky's defense is comparable to Auburn's, and I know Georgia was on the road last week, and this game's at home for Georgia, but uh, I don't think Kentucky is going to get – I don't think they're going to let Beck or Georgia's offense roll over them. Now, they're not going to be able to stop Brock Bauer, but nobody can. I just I just think it's low scoring. It's going to be a punt fest. Um, you know, Georgia gave up some funky runs last week to uh, – to Auburn and Freeze, but Freeze can scheme up some stuff like that. They they caught him off guard with some Peyton Thorne RPO stuff, but after a couple of big gainers, Georgia kind of just shut down the run game from from Auburn. So um, I think they can probably contain Kentucky's run game here too. But you know, Kentucky can probably dink and dunk their way down the field with a veteran quarterback and really talented wide receivers. It's a shame that Leary can't get them the ball because they've got one of the best receiving groups in the in the SEC. Uh, I think he's hurt, man. I think his shoulder's banged up. He, he got hurt, I think, in the spring, maybe in the summer, and it was his throwing shoulder. Seems like that's still affecting him. So I don't think Kentucky can get downfield on Georgia. I just expect a slow pace um, a game where, where both coaches are content to run the ball, and Georgia will win, you know, 17-6 to six or something, really ugly game. But, you know, Kirby's content to, to do that. And this year, even if he wasn't content to do it, I just don't think they have the pieces to go downfield. Um, they don't have the weapons. I, they don't have the weapons. They don't have the offensive coordinator. So, yeah. slow-paced game. Give me under 47. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at BluffCityAdvisory.com. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. By the way, I just want to point out, this is kind of like a scheduling quirk that I really haven't seen very often. Uh, Georgia plays at home, obviously, on Saturday against uh, Kentucky. It's their only home game of the month of October. 
And after Saturday, they only have two more home games total. That's just, I mean, in their back-to-back weeks. They got Missouri and Ole Miss in back-to-back weeks. And, you know, they've got the Florida game there, and then they end at, at Georgia Tech. But it's just a, a very odd schedule. They started off with four home games to start the year and then this game. So it's kind of weird. I will say, though, it makes me feel like if Georgia's ever going to bust out offensively, maybe this is the week, like, to, to do it kind of in front of your fans here before this long road stretch. But, yeah, you talk about, like, man, maybe they're sleepwalking. This is just kind of who Georgia is. Yeah, It's, it's almost so. like we're back in, like, 2012 SEC because Bama's mm-hmm. doing this, the, their thing again that they used to do. Georgia's kind of doing the thing, you know, not playing super offensive football. And, I mean, the two biggest SEC games of the week this week might just be sleepwalks. I agree. All right. Before the thing that worries in- me a bit with my total, just to say, I, turnovers worry me a little bit on both sides. I think, you know, both of these defenses yeah. might be able to turn these quarterbacks over. So hopefully we don't get any short fields or pick, pick sixes or anything like that, which will absolutely doom a, a college 47. So uh, I think we avoid turnovers. We'll be good there. All right. Before we get into our locks, I do want to remind you this podcast is also brought to you by the College Corner in Oxford, Mississippi, 825 Sisk Avenue. Go see them before you head to the Grove, get you a game day polo. It's going to be a little chilly. Maybe you want to get a quarter zip. Maybe you uh, want to find you a sweatshirt. All of that and more at College Corner. You can also go on their website right now and pre-order the Ole Miss Realtree hoodies, just go to collegecornerstore.com, put in the search bar Realtree, and you can pre-order your hoodies today. That's 825 Sisk Avenue, Suite 105 in Oxford. Go check them out. Game day polos, get the kids something, tailgating supplies, gifts, all of that and more at College Corner. All right, locks as we turn the page. Everybody but me has a lock on the docket. I am going to go ahead and head to double check to make sure I have the opponent correct here. Ooh, um. Man, I hate doing this. Um, but they're coming off a bye, and I think that they're probably pretty solid. And it's at home. I'm going to go ahead and lock in North Carolina. Let me double check and see what I can get here. Oh, darn. It is at nine and a half across the board. Uh, we'll let it ride. Go with my gut. Nine and a half hosting Syracuse. I think this might be one of those where Clemson beat Syracuse twice. They put a lot into that game up at the dome. They uh they got whipped. Uh it was cute for a little bit. I just think North Carolina's gonna be too much. Drake May and company. I think he's gonna throw for a lot of yards, and Dino and the Orange are gonna be uh left licking their wounds once again for another week. So yeah, I like the Tar Heels here. I like this one too. Syracuse is down like their entire receiving core. They've been so banged up at, at that position. And I think they lost another starter against Clemson. I don't see how they 
keep pace against UNC. And by the way, UNC is getting Tez Walker back, right? That is correct. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't Their see number one receiver is back. All right. Um, do I need to fire another one off or what do we y'all want to go? I got one. Yeah, I got go one ahead. too. All right, good. Because go, I'm man? just rethinking what I was going to pick. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing uh, a really, I need some help with y'all. What, what total can you get me with Purdue at Iowa? Jesus. <laughs> I'm going back to the well, boys. Uh, hey, 38 hey, and uh, a half. I can get you 39 and a half, 38, 38 and a half. I'll, I was seeing 41. I can't get 41, I don't guess. That's fine. No. Um, we're going to go uh, under 39 and a half. Okay. Iowa and who? Purdue. Purdue. Okay. Purdue's got a first-year head coach. Hey, here's an interesting fact. Who do y'all? Who would y'all think leads this all-time matchup? They played 70 or 80 times. I mean, I was at a better program, it seems like, forever, but – I assume there's a reason you ask. Yeah, it's Purdue. Yeah, they they've beaten oh. Iowa ten more times than Iowa's beat Purdue. I would have never oh. thought that ever. I know. I know. That's, um, that's crazy. Yeah, this is where well, I guess we're talking question. about Drew Brees' Purdue. Um, yeah. Look, Iowa's K McNamara's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Down I for just the year, right? For the year, that's yeah. right. And so Iowa. <laughs> I was reading about this game earlier today, and the whoever wrote the article said Iowa is going to have to call their offense more conservative than usual. Mm. And so it's like, what are they going to do? Nail three times? Like, yeah. I mean, um, so I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this game's like sixteen to ten, you know, final. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going under. Yeah, I like that. And Iowa's defense is still really good, so I don't know how Purdue scores either, honestly. I mean, it's – Phil Parker, baby. Yeah. They just do what they do every year. All right. I've been hard on this year. I've got their season win total under six and a half. I think their head coach is a dead man walking. But this week, if this is not a get-right game, that they don't have one on the schedule. Mississippi State is laying only 20 and a half to Western Michigan. Western Michigan is a bad team, even by max standards. There will be 40,000 people in the stands, but I think State can name their number here, and I think they're incentivized to name their number because Arnett needs some sort of positive momentum. So let me lay the 20 and a half with Mississippi State, and even if they don't cover, we get to laugh at them for not covering. So it's <laughs> it's just a, it's a win-win either way. They're state covering minus, this line. State minus 20 and a half. I'm not yeah. sure there's going to be 40,000 like sets of feet. Like, I was going to say, like, that sounds like 40,000 toes, maybe. But, <laughs> yeah, I, man. 40,000, because they didn't have many more than that last week. There was a ton of empty seats there. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, your season's kind of kind of toast. You're playing a Central Michigan in the middle of SEC play. I, I'm sure there's a hunting season that just opened somewhere. There's going to be nobody there i love it but yeah i don't if they're gonna do it then now's the time right this is like 52 to 3 written all over it austin yeah 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 
you got to think too. They're going to get the backup. Is it Mike Wright? Is that the guy's mm-hmm. name? Uh, yeah. He's probably going to get some reps because state fans have been clamoring for him. Oh to yeah, get reps. he'll rush for two fifty. And yeah, they'll be this, the start. same people who have, who told us in the preseason that Will Rogers was a legit Heisman candidate are now demanding that Mike Wright play and get snaps. So, um, oh yeah, Rogers sucks, dude. For yeah. them, so uh, he'll get snaps and they'll continue to run offense late in this game because they have to. So I, I'm with you, but I think State gets in the high 40s, maybe in the maybe in the 50s here. And Western Michigan just they're abysmal. So hopefully it's a layup. I think in that where PJ Fleck was before Western Michigan. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Nick, what do we Nick, have? How many locks does everybody have? We have I got, got two. Two for Austin, two for Ben. Me and Nick have one apiece. Yeah. Zach, go ahead if you got one. I'm I'm still I'm still looking for my number two. <laughs> I'm Talk stealing. about just winging it. Stewing over a couple here. Well, um, I had a game. I had a game. Honestly, I, I really considered FSU minus twenty four against Virginia Tech because I think Virginia Tech's kind of buns. But I, I don't know that FSU like they can't they can't really put teams away. I mean that BC game, you know, scared me obviously. And I, you know, I was thinking like, uh, you know, it's off the backs of the Clemson game. Maybe they'll come out a little sloppy. But then I saw the bye week there. Then again, I looked back at that BC game, so I. I'm still, you know, it is what it is. You know what? Whatever. Let's go ahead. It's is there an injury in the Kansas football team that I'm unaware of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jalen Daniels probably not going to go. Okay, yeah. then yeah, nope. Zach, your turn. <laughs> Speaking of bad beats, that one last week, I God. had Kansas Texas over, and he scratches yeah. in pregame warmups. You got to be shitting me. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do it. Can I? I'll play one. I got one. I got one. I'm. Uh, I've go been, ahead. F- I've been fighting it. I'm gonna go to Laramie, and I'm gonna take the Cowboys to cover six and a half. Oh. Altitude, and I love Jeff Tefford in Fresno State. They're so fun. They're undefeated, but highest altitude in in college football. That's where dreams go to die. They beat Texas Tech earlier this year. I was big on the Red Raiders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the Cowboys here. I think that they can – I don't know if they'll win outright, but I think that they can make this one muddy and really challenge Tedford and the and the Bulldogs. So I'm going to take the six and a half. That's going to be a pretty good game, I think. Oh, yeah. Because Wyoming's not bad, and Fresno is really good. Yeah, Fresno is very good. And that place is just a house of horrors for people. What time's that kick? Seven o'clock. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, the football gods have just got to, like, give us a good late-night kick. That's a perfect – of course, I guess it is mountain time. But it yeah. is. Yeah, start that one yes. at 8 o'clock local, something like that. I have nothing yeah. to add to the to the handicapping here except to say, I think at noon on Saturday it's going to be 65 in Laramie, and then by the time the game kicks, I think it's going to be 45. That, the most Laramie weather I've ever seen. would like. love that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's like that's the most, what is it, front range, whatever it is out there. Denver will have that. It'll be like 82 degrees, and like the yep. next day it snows. Yep. Yeah. It's. I love that. All right, yeah. so the, the, the Mountain West, Matt Guy, is going to go back to the well. Not exactly. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Okay, the, you know, Fighting Irish, the most story program, you know, amongst them in all college football. They're going to Louisville, who I think is secretly like 
not very good. They're five and zero, oh, and they've just got some like games that they've just kind of lucked out. I you mean, don't believe in Jack State... Plummer, Nick? Do what? Said <laughs> so you don't believe in Jack Plummer? <laughs> yeah, well, not yet. I mean, they they you know snuck by NC State. They put it on BC. Congrats. Didn't really do much against Indiana. Also, congrats. Didn't really do much against Georgia Tech. Again, congrats. And this Notre Dame team is still like very very good, and I I, I don't know if it's Could be like, undefeated. Uh, yeah, and also, I mean, of course, I guess could have two losses too because you know the game lost yeah, against yeah. Duke. But Duke's a good football team, and I mm-hmm. think there's like a big step down in the quality of opponent this week for Notre Dame. I think they're going to put it on them like woodshedding twenty points. All right, what's that? Good pick. Good pick. I think it's six and a half. Yeah, six and a half is what I'm seeing. I can get six. Six. (laughs) Actually, you can get five and a half. Nah, nah. Yeah, for like what? 125? Minus 125? I see. 115. Yeah, Yeah, just give me six. Not going to matter. All right. Um, So I've got my third. We're going to go to Oral Gables. And I'm going to lay 19 and a half with the Miami Hurricanes over the rambling wreck from Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Does anybody know what Georgia Tech did last week? Yes. They took an out of that. Embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Was it? Bowling Green. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. Tough scene. Georgia Tech went up 14 nothing. Then Bowling Green answered with 38 unanswered points to go up 38 <laughs> 14. So before, yeah, before Georgia Tech got two late garbage time touchdowns to make it 38 27. They had 69 rushing yards, three turnovers, a pick six from Haynes King, who's actually pretty good, by the way. I, that's not me hating on him. He threw for 350 and four touchdowns, but did have two picks. Um, Miami, does anybody know what they did last week? Were they off last week? Or they they were off. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to lay 19 and a half with the Hurricanes. Look, this is still the team that beat A&M, who we think could beat Alabama. And so, um, I like Miami here at home. I think Georgia Tech, you know, maybe they, you know, try to play hard, quote unquote, to get better, but, or, you know, get right. But this is a bad team to do that against. And, a loss like that to Bowling Green, that affects you mentally, man. Like yeah, that, you don't. That's hard to come back from. And so, you know, think think Ole Miss against Louisiana Tech, thirty to seven type stuff. And mm-hmm. so, give me um, give me the Hurricanes, uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Let's you know, let's do it. Miami's kind of good, man. Mm-hmm. They are good. They they're. They're good, and they're getting good at the time where you need to be good with all this conference realignment stuff. Yeah. I think they're one team that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle this season. Like, even some of the Pac-12 teams are getting love, like Washington, and deservedly so. Like, Washington's really good. But but people talk about, like, Wazoo and Oregon State more than they're talking about Miami this year. It's right. kind of wild. Um, All right. Back to me? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go – TCU Iowa State over. Can I get fifty two flat? Um, efforting. I, I just while he's looking up the number, I just want to say this is the most degen pick because it's such a nondescript game. Like, yeah, anyone exactly. can bet on Notre Dame and anyone can bet on like San Jose State, but to bet on 
TCU Iowa State, a game that I assure you nobody in here plans on watching, other than that's true, Dejan. So here's why though. I think there's an edge because the market has not caught up to the fact that Iowa State is playing a young guy at quarterback now. They're playing a like a freshman or or, or redshirt freshman, and they're they're going up tempo. Like Matt Campbell hasn't done that his entire tenure at Iowa State, but now with this young kid, they're kind of chunking the ball around a little bit, and their defense is not quite as good as it's been in years past. So I think TCU is more than willing to to oblige a, a up tempo game where they chunk it around. TCU's defense is not all that good either. We saw that in week one against Colorado. A total of 52 and a half with two teams who are willing to throw the ball around a little bit and whose defenses are sort of below average. That That is a low college total. And I What was that guy's name? Rocco, the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, quarterback. Rocco, Rocco yeah. Becht. And typically this time of year, Iowa State, you start to worry a little bit about weather, rain, yeah. wind. It's going to be clear, sunny, reasonable temperatures. I don't see any reason this total is lower than 57, 58. It makes no sense to me. I think people kind of fell asleep at the wheel on Iowa State games early in the year and have not caught up to the fact that they are. this is not the same old Matt Campbell offense from years past. I think they can get to the high 20s here with a seven-point line that tells me TCU plays in the mid-30s. I think this is a comfortable over. I think this is like 34-30. I, I, yeah. I just want to say, Austin, you, you got bailed out with the wonder – Ten, yeah. uh, weather on Saturday, nine miles an hour. Weather tomorrow, 22 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be – it's ideal Saturday for points. Oh, man. Man, I think TCU beat them like 70 points last year, didn't they? They got the over by themselves. Yeah. It was something like 62 to 10, if I remember right. I don't think they'll do that again, but like is TCU – can they not get to 38 here? Yeah, oh, I yeah, they so. can. Yeah. yeah, 100%. All right. I got my all last right. one if you need me, need me to. All right, go ahead. So I went ahead and decided what's the last game of the night? What can we watch after the Ole Miss game and, and bet on something? And the, you're in luck. There's a lot of points to be had out in Southern Cal. It's over 72 with Arizona and USC. And the Arizona offense, I'm not sure is, is up to snuff here to get to 72, except for the fact that they're facing USC's defense who is absolutely terrible. And USC, okay. yeah, USC is, is a is a points machine just going through 48, 42, 56, 66, and 56. I see no reason that they're going to put up less than 50. So Arizona's got to give me three touchdowns. I think they can do that. I mean, we saw what Colorado did, which, you know, make say what you will about Colorado. They're they're good, not great on e- really either side of the ball. But, I mean, they, they backdoored it to 41 points last week. Again, Arizona State's just got to give me Arizona. It's just got to give me three touchdowns. All right. I like it. Sticking with the Pac-12 and one of the uh, forgotten teams, I'm going to head over to Berkeley, and I'm going to lay the nine with Oregon State. I, I, I think I think the Beavers are solid. DJ Uyunglele is kind of having a little bit of a renaissance out there with Jonathan Smith. I think they control this game. I don't think Cal is very good, and it's only two two scores. Give me a uh, give me a fourteen point win. Nothing flashy. Get in, get out. Typical Jonathan Smith football. I like the Beavers. I was really close to pulling the trigger on Wazoo, but on the road, 
their defense is a little shaky at times. And Dante Moore is really good. And I think at home he can uh, – if it was at the Palouse, I would absolutely take Wazoo. But I'm going to go Beavers here. I think that Civil War later in the year is, is going to be a lot of fun between DJU and Bo Nix. But, yeah, I like the Beavers here to uh, to get it done. So, that is your 12 locks for week six. As I said at the top of the show, we're 36 and 24 overall right now. Austin still leading the pack at 11 and four. Ben and myself are tied at nine and six. And Nick, after a uh, tough, tough week, he is seven and eight. So we're all, uh, Austin's cruising, but we're all right there at the. Uh, I think 500. I just can't get an undefeated week, man. I'm just like, I'm two and one every week. <laughs> I say let's let's see. You Yeah, you're the only one without a three and week so far. Uh-huh. I think hey. I've not had a other than week one or week zero, I don't think I've had a losing week either. Maybe I started off that way. But I think I've been you, two and one pretty much every You did week. go one and two in week four. Did I? Yeah. Well, well I don't remember that apparently. But that Wait. other than that, you've been a two and one machine. Yeah. I ask people to judge me by my losers because I have so few. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another uh, look. It's it's not as good as as week five or four, but it's a solid week um, of games. Uh, plenty of stuff to choose from while you are in the Grove, or you are at a bar, or you're just at the house getting ready for Ole Miss, Arkansas, six thirty SEC Network. At Vaught Hemingway Stadium, I believe we will all four be in attendance. We will all four be in the same zip code this weekend. Very rare. Yep. Yep. Um, I will do my best to track everyone down, um, and we will uh, we'll talk shop in person. Getting ready for Saturday night's game against the Hogs as Ole Miss looks to move to five and one and get into that bye week as quick as possible. So, with that, gentlemen, if we have nothing else, we can dip out of here and uh, head into the weekend. Quick thoughts on Red River? Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch on that. Uh, my gut says Texas handles business. Yeah, Texas claps them. I kind of yeah. feel, like, feel like they run away with it. kind of wanted the over, but I don't know. Their defense is kind of good. So, yeah. Yeah, Kwiatkowski's done a really nice job. I feel like they're going to get after Dylan Gabriel. Texas on a one-way road to the college football playoffs. Yeah, I yeah, think I'm so. I think they're actually like actually bad for once. Yeah, I think I think y'all are right. Um, Texas and Florida State in the college football playoff. Meanwhile, and Washington maybe or Oregon. Watch that. Washington are the only dogs that I say go for week six. 12 locks for you right there. Make sure you check out homefieldapparel.com. Head over to College Corner. Go get you some meat at LB's. Plate lunches are back. Go snag you a plate lunch. I guarantee you, you will not have to wait in line like you will everywhere else in Oxford and on the square. For Austin, for Ben, for Nick over there, I am Zach. This has been Hit That Line. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Until next week, we out. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.